Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about uh, healing and recovery from an abortion experience that people may have had in their past. And my name is Tim Welsh, and we, we uh, believe in the mercy of God and the, the healing powers of, of our Lord and Savior. And um, we're here. I'm here with my wife, Joe. Hello. For those who hi, we're trying to be upbeat today. So, um, <laughs> um, uh, we we uh, for those of the uh, first time listeners, um, you know, Joanne and I have an ex- abortion experience in our past. We mm-hmm. we have an experience uh, of a pregnancy out of wedlock. At the time we were dating, and and uh, forty four years ago, forty four years. Ago. Wow, took us a long time to talk about it. Yep, true. But we finally did, and we finally went through some recovery stuff, and. Um, and we're still kind of recovering from it, I think. Yeah. Probably. Started that journey in 2011. So oh, my gosh. That was 34 years later. So, yeah. That's been 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. And, you know, it's really important um, uh, to say a couple of things. One is if you are experiencing um, uh, some grief from an abortion experience in your past, there is, there is recovery. I mean, and, and there are plenty of organizations that do it. The, one of the ones that we've been intimately involved in has been Bethesda Healing Ministry. And, and you know, if anybody out there needs some help or feel like they need some help with, uh, with uh, or just need somebody to talk to about their abortion experience, for gosh sakes, most people don't even talk about it. Um, they can call the folks at Bethesda. That number is 614-309-0157. That's 614-309-0157. And again, you're listening to Triumph on St. Gabriel Radio. Uh, today I thought we would talk about the permeation of attitude. You ready to, <laughs> ready to go with that? <laughs> What a great topic for the holiday season! I made that up on the way. I made that permeation up on the way in here. Of attitude, the attitudinal permeation maybe is a better term for it. I don't know. Uh, the 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 point is, you know, we were talking this morning as we were kind of getting ready. Uh, that you know we have little things that happen to us every day, and that that suddenly puts us in a foul mood. Mm-hmm. You know, we we experienced one ourselves this morning. <laughs> That, you know, Who's in a foul mood, you uh, or me? Well, I, I think we're over it. But the fact that the fact is, we have um, you know little things run across. It might be a comment that somebody makes. It might be it might be something somebody does that just just irritates you. Right. And Minor suddenly, suddenly you're thrown into this 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 blue fog where you just and and it's, they're hard to get out of. Yeah, you know and true. It feels like um, that happens more than we like to admit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just stew on stuff throughout the course of the day, and, and the people close to us don't even know what's wrong. It's like, you know, they may even ask you, what, you know, what's bothering you? And you, 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 the classic response is nothing. You know? Right, right. But it's, I mean, maybe it's even hard to pinpoint. Maybe you don't even know what's, what's got under your skin. Or, you know, what, what's the root of that irritate? You know, why is that irritating? Well, it might be that, or it might be that you don't really want to start, you know, it might be the person who is asking you is the person you're upset with, and you don't even, you don't want to have that conversation with them for fear of, 
you know, making them feel bad or, or start make, you know, sending them into the blue fog that you just are trying to escape from. Right. <laughs> right. I'll be a martyr over here and yeah. take it all of myself. Well, and, you know, there's a, there's a part of that. And when that, that's what I talk about the permeate, you know, attitudes permeate your life. Right. You know, yes. I, I jokingly called it attitudinal permeation. I don't even know if the, I don't even know if permeation is a word or attitudinal. Attitudinal, I think, is a word. Yeah. Well, the listeners can look that up. Google that and, and get back with us. Yes, the, um, please. Uh, but then on a larger scale, we have big things that happen to us that put us in in, uh, in these sort of snits. And, you know, one of which is the death of a family member or, or, or some... Um, Rather, cancer diagnosis cancer diagnosis or accident anything some like harm. that yeah yeah and those things are big i mean those things yes. last more than a day right uh and you know there's there's uh i for instance am a prostate cancer survivor you know i mean and right. and i you do not want the word pro, you do not want the word cancer and your name uttered in the same sentence i don't Correct. care what the recovery or what the statistics are about, you know, recovery and survival rates and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to hear that. Right. And, but, you know, and, and recently we, uh, I went to the, I went to the doctor and, you know, this was supposed to be my last thing, my right. last appointment with them, uh, with the oncologist or, you know, whatever, whoever the surgeon. heck they are, the surgeon. And, uh, he goes, you know, you can just you can go back to your primary care guy. You don't even have to worry about this anymore. You don't even have to think about it because you're good. And at that time, he didn't have my lab results. Right. So a half an hour later, I get a call from his nurse to say, well, you, you, you we're seeing some stuff's a little elevated. Why don't you? We're going to need to see you in three months or six months, whatever the heck they said. And, you know, I started doing the exact opposite of what the guy said. He said, you're never going to have to think about it. Well, now I can't get it out of my mind, right? right. So you're you're sort of uh, in that mode where you're, you, 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 to your point, you're, you're sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a martyrdom. It's a self-imposed kind of martyrdom, right. you know, that, that, and it's not a healthy kind of a thing either. Right. Um, but abortion's a lot like that, right? I mean, yeah. so we, yeah. we kind of. It it affects everything that we do. You know, those little things just reflect affect everything we do for the whole day. I mean, it affects it affects our our relationships. It affects our our uh, worldview. It affects our own self esteem. All that stuff. Yeah. But abortion just stays there, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, just right there under mm. the skin, right there under the surface. Sometimes more than that i mean it can uh, definitely affect relationships it can affect your physical health it can um, affect your reproductive health your self-esteem your really uh, innocence let's say or you know relationship with your partner or family member or friends it really um could damage just your dreams of marriage, maybe your parent motherhood or parenthood. Um, but it does stay there and kind of affects um, things. For me, it affected kind of my relationship with my mother. And um, 
because we never, you know, we never talked about it. And I never, I never talked about it. She didn't know. So I'd never talked about it. She knows now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's, uh, she passed away how many years ago? Hmm. A uh, long, long, long. 10 or 10, 10 or 15, 12 years ago. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so but, she knows now. Yeah. So yes. is your dad, by the way. He's, yeah, thanks. He's... <laughs> um, 15 years ago. 15 years ago because, yeah, I remember now. Um, but, you know, and, and in the um, abortion recovery manual that we work through at Bethesda, um, it kind of asks you what relationships were affected. And then how do you how do you kind of. You have to acknowledge it. Okay, this has done this to me. Now, how do you fix it? Well, for me, I can't really fix it now because my mother's passed. But I, can, I can't fix it with her, but I can fix it with our daughters, you know, mm-hmm. to have a better relationship with them, to work on having a better relationship with them than what I perceived I have with my own mother. So that's kind of how I'm fixing it. Um, I also have, my mom was one of 12 children, so she has five living sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have relationships with them to kind of, um, just to kind of bridge that gap of that. I mean, you know, when when you lose your mother, you, you know, that you want people around that maybe are um, familiar or familial kind of relationships to kind of still have that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling you have with your mom. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, it brings up a really fascinating thing. I never thought about this. And this is something that I don't think you and I've ever really talked about. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He to, says that sorry. every time. Time. Sorry to if, do if this. You are, to you if you again. aren't a regular listener, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there's this notion of replacement baby, right? Right. I mean, yeah. a, a, there, there's this. It, I don't know. I don't know if it rises to the level of a syndrome or or not. But there's this. There's this notion that some mm-hmm. women crave a replacement for the child that they aborted. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's a real thing. Yeah. But. Uh, I never thought about it in reverse, where where you're being the replacement mother, right? Right for your, yeah. you're you're kind of being a replacement mother for our daughters, and that you're trying to be the mother that your mother was not, and you're trying to help open those communications channels that you didn't have with your own mother. Yeah, and and you're you're also being a replacement sister for your mom's sisters, right? right. You know, I don't know if they want that. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure they're they're happy with it most most of the time. <laughs> um, right. But that is a fascinating thing. I think I never really thought about that. Uh, the whole replacement nature of of that relationship. You're replacing one for another, or you're trying to be that replacement for others. Yeah. And but I think you know, in life in general, I think we all try to be better than what we perceived our parents being maybe yeah. in you know economically or emotionally attached or detached or whatever um just mm. to be a better parent than what we perceived but um i just came upon this revelation in like in the last week sort of with my aunts especially um 
with our daughters, you know, I, I got that right away. But I have a nice relationship with my aunts, yes, I feel. You do. I, I, and it's kind of, it's very special, and I, I really enjoy them a lot. Um, and so it, yeah, it's it's a good replacement. Yeah. That, that, for that's my a, mom. That's a yep. very, very fascinating point. You're listening to Triumph on, on St. Gabriel Radio. This is a, a show about God's mercy and forgiveness for those people who have had an abortion experience in their past. And and actually, God's uh, God's holding our hands through the journey of, of uh, recovery uh, from those events in our past. And uh, I'm Tim Welsh, and I'm with here with my wife, Jo, who's, who's been around for a while. <laughs> 40, 43 years or something-ish. Yeah, yeah, Ish. it's time, been a while. Time flies. But, you, you know, I, I think we, you know, we talked last night about what we were going to uh, discuss today. I wanted to talk about regret, and mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about um, naming the child and, and what that dynamic. So, mm-hmm. but they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of what we were just talking about. Yeah, I have regrets about my relationship with my mom, and I certainly have regrets about my relationship with our daughters up until like 10 years ago or five years ago. Or, you know, you know, it's it's an evolution. It's a journey for all of us in our lives. Um, but yeah, there's there's regret there for not um, just um, being a better um, mom or daughter. So yeah, there's regret for sure. And, and I think even though you wanted to kind of focus only on regret, I think in this, in this chapter that we're in, in, in our um, recovery uh, manual, it, you know, when you talk about like physical health or your relationship with, with God or your self-esteem or your innocence, you certainly have regret for for all of that and um and this is just you know a way to look at it and say how how has that um like how how has that affected me and certainly my relationship with god is better because i'm not um looking at it like oh yeah i'm a sinner sitting here in church because i'm the only sinner in the church right <laughs> Yeah, that would be a miracle. So, yeah, but it's all self-imposed stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you have a um, maybe a, this wasn't our story, but you know, when you have a woman who um, has an abortion and then just dives into her career, and before she knows it, she's menopause age, and you know, and she looks back and she's like, "Oh my gosh." You know, I, I regret the path I took, but here I am. Yeah, I this is where I am. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a little bit. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's probably some regret there. I would well, say. Well, and I think the the recovery process um, acknowledges the notion and actually leans on leans into the notion that. God's going to take you where you are. I mean, he's going to, he's right. going to take you no matter how you come. It, right. do, it doesn't matter. As long as you come to him, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. You know, I right. mean, you, you got to ultimately make that decision to do that and to deepen that faith right. to your point. Well, yeah, because he knew 
the path that each one of us was going to take. He knew yeah. he knows the whole story. Um, once we kind of accept the fact that we're not in charge. Wait a minute. I, I know. Sorry, what? I'm, I'm breaking this to you. It's like it's like Christmas season. Excuse, I'm, I'm telling you, excuse me, secret <laughs> that you know God's in charge ultimately. And, and I suppose the Easter Bunny doesn't exist too, right? Is that what you're going to tell I, me? I, now? I don't know who's listening <laughs> to this. I'm not. I'm not saying anything else. Well, uh, so <laughs> let, let's. Uh, we're digging ourselves into a big hole here. So let, why don't we? Um, so you talk about when we talk about regret, you know, you you help other women. You you've got a, a small core of women that you help currently mm-hmm. anyway, and I think you you're desire of, desirous of helping more. What what is the biggest regret that you hear? I mean, are there are there is, is there some commonality in regrets? And I, I'm not asking you to share what your biggest regret is, but you're welcome to if you want. Um, I think it's um, loss of self um, when you have, when you know, in the abortion experience, you know, you're you're convinced that this is going to be like life changing, and you believe that, and you you walk to that beat of that drummer, but then you you realize that. You were, you you didn't think for yourself. You were, you went along with whatever. You went along with the abortion because, for whatever reason. And I think that's more of a common theme, just kind of overarching. Um, the regret of the decisions that we all make, m- maybe not just the abortion experience, but whatever happened after that Mm -hmm. so whatever whether you ate too much you drank too much you were promiscuous you you know went totally the other way and were just you know shut off relationships with other people and i i feel i think that's probably um not not you know specifically but that is kind of the feeling like ah I wish I could go back and make and do that over. I want to do over. Yeah. I think that's probably the regret. So, you know, you know that I've said this a million times to you that there's this there's this notion that there is a current past and future self. Yes. You know, in your psyche. Yes. So so most women when they go through an abortion when they decide that they are going to uh have an abortion, mm-hmm. they um they believe so you know when they find out they're pregnant the the future self in their psyche their future mm-hmm. self is dead their current self is dead they're just and their right. past self is dead they're never going to be the same they aren't the same today and it's never going to be the same in the future correct if they decide to make an adoption plan with that child you know the the past self is still dead the current self is rejuvenated alive again mm-hmm. and the future self is alive again as well again this is in their psyche it, it's not it's not those these aren't points of fact but in their psyche so then they believe that when they um uh, have an abortion all three of those psyches all three of those selves are rejuvenated and back to a life because 
They don't have to tell anybody about it. So their past self is revived. Mm -hmm. Their current self is revived because they're no longer pregnant and their, their future self is revived too. That's what they think. But then when re when the reality sinks in of what they have actually done, when those two things collide, that's when it becomes a real issue. And that's when regret rears its ugly head. Would you mm. kind of say that's yeah. at least close yeah. to being true? Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, I guess that's what I was saying. That's kind of what I was trying to say, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there's this therapeutic piece of, of the recovery, um, that you wanted to talk about today, and that is naming the child, which sounds very, you know, naming the child that you, that one has aborted, mm -hmm. and and that's yeah. really counterintuitive for me. Yeah, that that, that would be a, a part of the recovery or the healing process. I I, I still say I, I think we should use recovery and not healing, but yeah, because I don't think you ever actually. There's always going to be a scar there. Yeah, absolutely. But but the recovery part, I I can't. It seems like that would be a really hard thing for me to do. Yeah. I, well, and I mean, when, ours is named what? Daniel. Yes. When we pray to St. Daniel every day. Yeah. Three times a day. Right. And I think that, you know, when I, I, well, I know that when I started in my, um, started going to Bethesda and, you know, people in the other women in the room were like talking about, you know, it was a he or a she or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm never doing that. That, that, I don't need to do that. I do not need to do that. It was just like I made up my mind. I just don't need to do that. But in the process of recovery, as you're going through all the different, you know, digging around in your past and, and trying to unpack what, you know, why you did this or that and the, the effect of an abortion, it just came to me one day. You know, it was just like, the Lord was just saying, it was a boy, Daniel's the name. So it, you can resist it, and then once you name it, just like everything else, like once you name something, then it kind of takes, takes the sting out of it. So by naming your child, you can, like we do, pray to him every day to St. Daniel. Not that he's a saint, but you know what I mean. Um, but, oh, he I guess he is. He certainly was a martyr. Yes, he's a saint. <laughs> okay, he's a saint. Um, but, um, I lost my train of thought. Um, so it unmasks that, it un that mystique. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then you can say, you can firmly believe he's with God. He's in heaven because he he was a martyr. He's in heaven, so you can kind of turn that the ugliness and and the toxicity of an abortion into something that you can go, okay. Please pray for me, Daniel, because I need all the help I can get down yeah. here on earth. <laughs> So I know it's it's it, it may sound weird. It may sound like that's not a a, th a good thing. But you know, a, a mom that has a a miscarriage, it's it may be the same thing, depending on the the age of the child in in the womb. But you know, once it's 
recognized by you and others and 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 a child as being a child of God you want to you know you want to give that child a name and and pray to them and ask for their prayers it's it's very healing a lot of women resist it like i did um and 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 it's just kind of being open to it just being open to 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 god's mercy and and listening to what he's saying to you. But you kind of have to get there. Yeah, you do. I mean, you, it's it, not You, you can't like walk in and say, hey, here's my kid. It's it's Frederick or whatever. Right, you know? right, <laughs> you right. Can't, you can't really, <laughs> no, you it, can't it, really do that. It's an that. evolution for sure. Yeah, that's why, you know, you, you get to the point in this, this manual that it's like one of the last three chapters you work on. It's yeah. not It's not the first chapter. Hey, glad you're here. What's the name Let's, of your kid? Yeah. What's the name? Yeah. yeah, you got to work. You got to work through a lot to yeah. to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's one of the more. And, and I've said that to you before. I I've always felt that was that's one of the more um, um, kind of deep parts of the whole thing. I yeah. mean, that's one of the more. For me, it would be a little more distressful, or you know, I shouldn't say distressful. It's just stressful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like, uh, but you know, we do. It it is. I, I guess it's good. To, and and, I, and this probably brings up another point uh, that men process this stuff completely different than right, women. We right. say this all the time, and 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 I'm sitting here with you know starting to get a little teary eyed about this whole thing, and you're just sitting there going, oh, yeah, because you've been through the whole. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like you're cavalier or anything. I don't mean no, to imply no. that, but. But it's um, it's fascinating how there, there's such a difference in the, the way you and I handle um, this, you know, yeah. our, our experience. And, yeah. Well, I've dug around in this a yeah, long I time. I know. <laughs> and, and you've helped other women, and that makes a big difference, too. You, you really, once you have, once you help other people, you kind of come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've been listening to Triumph on on uh, St. Gabriel Radio. This is a, this is a show about God's mercy and forgiveness uh, after an abortion experience for men and women who have had those experiences. And we hope maybe you get a little knowledge out of this show. I, golly, I yeah. And is... I do an online um, online virtual, not online, but virtual um, session. Yeah. A couple times a month, and you don't have to come in person. and But you do have to... You have to show your face. You have to show your face. <laughs> that's right. It's one that's one of my requirements. The only, that's the only thing. You <laughs> can't turn it, your camera off. Yeah, you have to be visible to the other ladies, because it is a safe place, and we have to know you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So all you got to do is call 614-309-0157. There's some really good people waiting to hear from you who love you and care about you. Yes. God bless all of you. See you next time. Thank you.